the ceremony. The U.S. Army Herald trumpets played ruffles and flourishes. The U.S. Marine Band, nicknamed the President's Own, played a medley of patriotic music by Sousa, Bagley, and others. Heralded the entry of dignitaries to the inaugural platform, including the performance of Hail America to introduce then-President-elect Biden, performed Hail Columbia, the official anthem of the Vice President, to introduce then-Vice President Pence and after Harris was sworn in and held to the chief, held to the chief, the held to the chief, sorry, the official the official anthem of the president after Biden was sworn in. The band had appeared at every presidential inauguration since Thomas Jefferson's in 1801. Courtney Williams, senior chief musician and concert moderator for the U.S. Navy Concert Band, returned as the platform announcer for his fourth consecutive inauguration. Senator Amy Klobuchar opened the ceremony with a short speech saying the storming of the Capitol two weeks prior awakened us to our responsibilities as Americans. She declared the inaugural day the day when our, when our democracy picks itself up, brushes off the dust, and does what America always does, goes forward as a nation. Senator Roy Blunt, chair of the Joint Congressional Committee on Inaugural Ceremonies and the Master of Ceremonies, delivered a short speech commenting on the Constitution's preamble Blunt remarked that the endeavor to create a more perfect union is a continuing project and said that we are more than we have been and we are less than we hope to be. Leo J. O'Donovan, a Catholic priest, member of the Jesuit order and former president of Georgetown University, delivered the invocation. He invocation. He called American patriotism born not out of privilege. I'm sorry. He called American patriotism born not out of power and privilege, but of care for the common good with malice toward none and with charity for all. A thrust of the spirit and quoted Archbishop John Carroll, Pope Francis in the Epistle of James. Lady Gaga then sang the national anthem and Georgia Firefighters Union leader Andrea Hall led the Pledge of Allegiance using American Sign Language in addition to speaking. Jennifer Lopez performed her renditions of This Land is Your Land and America the Beautiful and during the bridge, she she translated the last phrase of the Pledge of Allegiance in Spanish. I'm gonna do the best I can. Una nación bajo Dios indivisible, con libertad y justicia para todos. After the inaugural address below, Garth Brooks performed Amazing Grace, including the verse, when we've been there 10,000 years and asked the public to join him in singing, in singing the final verse. And national youth poet laureate Amanda Gorman recited her poem, The Hill We Climb, at 22, Gorman is the youngest inaugural poet. Sylvester Beeman, a Methodist pastor of Bethel Amy Church of Wilmington, Delaware, and a friend of Biden, delivered the benediction, paraphrasing Isaiah chapter 11 by replacing both in the messianic role of the shoot from the stump of Jesse and in the yet-to-be-reconciled role of the wolf 
and lamb with references to we the people saying, for example, we will not kill or destroy on all your holy mountain and we will not learn hate anymore. Biden was sworn in on a Bible that has been in his family since 1893, the same one he used during his senatorial and vice presidential swearing-in ceremonies held by his wife. It is a late 19th century edition of the Doye Reims Bible with commentary by George Leo Haydock. George Leo Haydock. The Bible is large, 5 inches, 12.7 centimeters thick, and has a Celtic cross on the front. Biden's inauguration marked the first time a Catholic chief justice administered the oath to an incoming Catholic president. Harris was sworn in on two Bibles held by her husband, one belonging to Regina Shelton, a person important to her and her sister, Maya Harris, and another belonging to former Supreme Court Associate Justice Thurgood Marshall. Oaths of Office, Associate Justice Sonia Sonia Sotomayor administered the oath of office to Harris at 11.40 a.m. Sotomayor became the first woman to administer an inaugural oath twice after she administered Biden's at his 2013 swearing-in. Harris recited the following, I, Kamala Devi Harris, do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the saying that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, that I I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office in which I am about to enter, so help me God. Chief Justice John Robertson administered Biden's oath of office at 11.47 a.m. with 13 minutes remaining in Trump's term. Biden recited the following as prescribed by the Constitution. I, Joseph Robnett Biden Jr., do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. So help me God. Upon completing the oath, the U.S. Army banned Pershing's own Pershing's own played four ruffles and flourishes, but a 21-gun cannon salute was not rendered, which caused a brief delay in the proceedings before Biden was able to deliver his inaugural address. The 21-gun cannon salute for President Biden was later rendered at the wreath-laying ceremony at Arlington National Cemetery. The presidential nuclear football, which can authorize a nuclear attack while away from a command center, was discreetly given to military aides of the new administration during the ceremony. However, Trump's absence did not change the automatic deactivation of his and Pence's nuclear access and activation of Biden and Harris's. Inaugural Address The inaugural address was 2,514 words long and took 21 minutes to deliver between 11.52 a.m. and 12.13 p.m. President Biden's inaugural speech was regarded as laying out his vision to unite the nation, prefaced by the various impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic, economic strife, climate change, political polarization, and racial injustice. Biden composed his speech with the assistance of speechwriter Vinay Reddy, senior advisor Mike Don Milan, incoming Secretary of State Tony Blinken, and Chief of Staff Ron Klain. 
His speech was described by the New York Times as a direct rebuttal in tone to Trump's inaugural address in which Trump spoke of American carnage as Biden called for an end to the uncivil war of political, demographic, and ideological American cultures through a greater embrace of diversity. In this speech, Biden repeated his campaign pledge to fight as hard for those who did not support me as for those who did. Focusing on the struggles of American citizens, Biden expressed expressed sympathy, but stressed that distrust and fighting amongst one another would not better their conditions. He cited the Civil War, Great Depression, World Wars, and September 11 attacks as moments in American history where citizens' better angels prevailed, stating that the solution unity must again be invoked to rise from the cascading crises of the crises of the present. This unity, he proclaimed, exists in the common objects that define America. Opportunity, liberty, dignity, respect, honor, and truth. Biden vocalized his opposition to disinformation and politicians who seek to gain from its weaponization. Trump is not a real politician, by the way. A passive reference to Trump, who frequently made false and misleading statements while in office. He was lying lying, 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 more lying, more, more, more lying, and just kept lying, 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 lying. (laughs) He's lying his ass off short. Oh, and he talked shit out of his ass, too. He explicitly decried white supremacy and nativism, calling them an ugly reality of American life. He vows to defeat that clouds the American ideal set out in the U.S. Declaration of Independence that all Americans are equal. Biden pledged that the United States will engage with the world once again, repair our alliances, and act as a trusted partner for peace and security. His decision, for example, to reinstate American participation in the Paris Agreement via executive order, which the orange chicken shit withdrew from signaled his commitment to a global policy on climate change. Biden also discussed the historical significance of Harris's ascension to the vice presidency, recounting the movements for civil rights and women's suffrage that permitted African-Americans and women to participate in politics. He celebrated their inauguration as a triumph for democracy, affirming a peaceful transfer of power exactly two weeks after the violent storming of the Capitol. Near the conclusion of his speech, Biden held a moment of silence for those who died in the COVID-19 pandemic. Quoting the Gene Shear composition, the American anthem, he implored Americans to consider their legacy in answering the call of history to protect democracy, hope, truth, and justice, secure liberty, and make America a beacon to the world, insisting that generations of their descendants will judge them on their actions. In closing his speech, Biden promised to always level with the American people and govern exclusively in their interest. Post-inaugural events, America United. After the swearing-in ceremony, Biden, Harris, and their spouses participate in a passing review on the east front of the United States Capitol featuring members of the United States Armed Forces. Traditionally, before the passing review, the new president would escort the outgoing president to a helicopter, Marine One, where they would officially depart Washington, D.C. However, (sighs) 
Trump's decision to not attend Biden's inauguration, rather depart prior to the event's outset, broke this custom. Can somebody say Orange Demon? The Congressional Luncheon, a tradition witnessed since the 1897 inauguration of William McKinley, was canceled due to public health concerns for the first time since the 1977 inauguration of Jimmy Carter. However, Biden and Harris were presented several gifts in the Capitol Rotunda, including Landscape with Rainbow by Robert S. Duncanson, Tulip Lennox, Crystal Vases Cut by Peter O'Rourke, Two flags that were flown over the Capitol during the inaugural ceremony and portraits of them taking their oaths of office. Later in the afternoon, Biden participated in a signing ceremony, proclaiming the day a national day of unity and declaring his nominations for cabinet subcabinet positions to Congress. In the evening, Harris sworn Senators-elect John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock, who respectively won the January 5th regular and special Georgia Senate runoff elections that yielded a Democratic majority in the U.S. Senate, along with Alex Padilla, who was appointed by California Governor Gavin Newsom to fill Harris's vacated seat. Arlington National Cemetery wreath laying Ceremony Following the passing review, Biden and Harris, along with former Presidents Clinton, Bush, and Obama, and all their spouses, participated in a wreath laying ceremony at the Tube of the Unknown Soldier at Arlington National Cemetery. Presidential historian Timothy Naftali noted that the ceremony was significant because Congress had decided on Inauguration Day in 1921, almost 100 years prior to Biden's to bury an identified soldier who died in World War I at the plot. Naftali additionally remarked that the gathering of Biden and foreign presidents to honor the unknown soldiers who died in war served as a visual message of unity at a time of anxiety, pain, and suffering in the country. Parade Across America Following the wreath-laying ceremony, a parade down Pennsylvania Avenue Northwest escorted Biden and Harris to the White House, which included every branch of the U.S. military, along with drumline bands from Biden and Harris's alma maters, the University of Delaware and Howard University, respectively. The virtual parade across America, organized by the Biden inaugural committee, was hosted by actor Tony Goldwyn, reflecting the diversity, heritage, and resilience of the country in the events, musical acts, poets, dance troops, and more. Viewing stands outside the White House that were originally constructed for members of the public were dismantled because they were ultimately deemed unnecessary for the revised plans. The live parade was announced by Charlie Brotman, who has served as the inaugural parade announcer during almost every ceremony since former President Dwight D. Eisenhower's second inauguration. Comedian John Stewart, musicians Andre Day, Niall Rogers, and Kathy Sledge, along with several choirs and athletes, including former Olympians Nathan Chen, Allison Felix, and Katie Ledecky appeared in a virtual roll call. The parade included 1,391 virtual participants, 95 ha- horses, and nine dogs. Frontline healthcare workers and several distinguished students and educators who helped their communities during the COVID-19 pandemic were honored as heroes during the ceremony. Choreographer Kenny Ortega led a dance featuring 275 recorded segments from participants around the country. The Ryan Martin Foundation, a wheelchair basketball program, joined the parade virtually. Musical act New Radicals united for the first time in two decades to conclude the parade with their hit song, You Get What You Get. The song was used by Harris's husband, Imhoff, during 2020 campaign rallies. It was referred to by Biden's autobiography, Promising Dad as his family's rallying theme song, 
during his late son Bo's terminal battle with glioblastoma. The band's leader, Greg Alexander, said that he hoped the group's performance of the song was a tiniest beacon of light in such a dark time. Celebrating America Special Traditional inaugural balls, which often gather hundreds of dignitaries to see the president extend late into the evening, were not held due to pandemic-related restrictions. A primetime television special celebrating America aired as a substitute in simulcast across most major television networks and other cable and streaming outlets. Hosted by Tom Hanks, the evening event opened with a performance of Land of Hope and Dreams by Bruce Springsteen on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. Hanks then addressed viewers emphasizing the promises of our promised land and introduced four guests, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Dolores Horta, Braden Harrington, and Kim Ning, who respectively recited lines from inaugural addresses of Presidents Abraham Lincoln, Franklin D. Roosevelt, John F. Kennedy, and Ronald Reagan, reflect on their speeches interests on national unity, confidence, patriotism, and peace. Anthony Gaskin, a Virginia UPS delivery man, introduced John Bon Jovi, who performed an acoustic, acoustic rendition of Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles. Biden was introduced by Hanks to the U.S. Navy Band Brass Assembles, Assembles playing of four ruffles and flourishes and hail to the chief. He spoke inside the Lincoln Memorial and emphasized the importance of opportunity, liberty, dignity, and respect. Yo-Yo Ma performed a solo, solo sampling, Amazing Grace, going home from Dorak's Ninth Symphony and Simple Gifts. Aunt Clemens and Justin Timberlake then performed their song Better Days in Memphis, Tennessee. Mackenzie Mackenzie Adams, a Washington elementary school teacher, then introduced Foo Fighters frontman Dave Gorrell opened the performance by acknowledging creative ways educators have dealt with teaching modality challenges during the COVID-19 pandemic. Then the band performed times like these, a cold, a cavalcade of Broadway stars performed Seasons of Love and Let the Sun Shine In. Chief and philanthropist Jose Andres discussed the food insecurity crisis in America and introduced Morgan Mash, Mo, Morgan Marsh McLone, a Wisconsin elementary school student who raised over $52,000 for the hungry by creating an online lemonade stand. Lynn Manuel Miranda then recited Irish poet Seamus Haney's the core at Troy, one often quoted by Biden, such as in his address at the 2020 Democratic National Convention. American members of the Expedition 64 mission on the International Space Station and greeted viewer, viewers from orbit. Sarah Fuller, the first woman to play in a football game for a Power 5 conference team, introduced Vice President Harris to four ruffles and flourishes and hailed Columbia. She characterized the American people as bold, fearless, and ambitious and exemplifying the Apollo 11 moon landing and civil rights and women suffragette movements. John Legend then performed his rendition of Feeling Good. Sandra Lindsay, a nurse, was the first U.S. citizen to receive the Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine, introduced Tyler Hubbard and Tim McGraw, who performed their collaborative song, Undivided on the Nashville Rooftop. Former Presidents Clinton, Bush, and Obama appearing in the Arlington Memorial amphitheater, remarking the importance of uniting America and witnessing the peaceful transfer of power. They also offered words of support for Biden-Harris. 
Demi Lovato then celebrated frontline health care workers in a performance of Bill Withers' song, Lovely Day. In closing the special, Katy Perry performed her song, Firework, during a fireworks show over the Washington Monument with Visa Biden, Harris, and their spouses watching from the White House and Lincoln Memorial. National Prayer Service. At 10 a.m. on the morning of January 21st, National Prayer Service took place at Washington National uh, Cathedral, a virtual service Biden's family participated from the White House. Over 30 religious leaders of various faiths participated. Reverend Bishop William Barber II led the service, calling for a third reconstruction of America in his homily. Protests and demonstrations. A series of protests and counter-protests related to the re- related to the results of the 2020 presidential election began in December 2020. After the violent attack on the Congress of January 6, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser asked the Interior Department to cancel D.C. demonstration permits and reject demonstration applications during the inauguration, but the Interior Department declined to do so. While the National Mall is closed to the public during inaugural events, the National Park designated two ad adjacent areas, portion of the John Marshall Park and Navy Memorial, exclusively for First Amendment activities protests. The U.S. Park Police made the determination that in light of recent events and with the current available threat assessments, each of these park areas will be limited to no more individuals than can be safely accommodated, which was set as a maximum of 100 individuals in each location. Those entering the designated areas will be screened via magnet Magnatometers. The left-wing groups Answer Coalition DC Action Lab were granted permits. Both agreed to stage demonstrations within these attendance limits. Some applications for First Amendment permits were processed by the National Park Service for demonstrations on Inauguration Day, including those filed by the pro-Trump groups Vor for Trump and Women for a Great America. Unintelligence is sadly universal. The scale of protests and armed militia marches that intelligence reports indicated would occur near the United States Capitol and at state capitals on Inauguration Day was vastly overestimated, both in size and scope. Nationally, few people demonstrated at state capitals. At the New York State Capitol, a lone Trump supporter reportedly visited with the intention of protesting the demonstrator had expected a massive protest. On January 17, three days before the inauguration, some members of the Michigan Boogaloo Boys openly carried weapons inside the state's capital, but never became violent. NPR attributed the lack of violent protests to several factors. The Justice Department's targeting of rioters from the storm of the Capitol, protest organizers' warning of false flag events staged by law enforcement to gather people for potential arrest and the banning or removal of social media profiles, groups, pages, and applications, such as parlor associated with political extremism and fringe movements. What's that brand new being sung? Punks jump up to get beat down. Viewership. Nearly 40 million people watched Biden's address on the combined major cable news and broadcast network television stations. More than 21 million people watched the primetime Celebrating America special. 
In 2017, it combined 38.3 million viewers to watch Trump's inaugural address across the same networks, according to Nielsen data, representing a 4% increase in raw television viewership. CNN was the ratings leaders throughout the day. Compared to the previous inaugural ceremony in 2017, Fox News' viewership fell 77%. Hip, hip, hooray! While CNN's tripled and MSNBC's quadrupled. Yeehaw! The figures below Nielsen data source from Adweek do not include streaming figures. Compared to the 2017 inauguration, Fox News Channel is the only cable news network to lose viewership. Good news to me. And ABC is the only broadcast network to gain viewership. Nice. So... Total viewers, 11.40 a.m. to 12.15 East Coast time. So the, let's start the cable news networks. CNN, 9,994,000 people. MSNBC, 6,528,000 people. FNC, 2,742,000 people. Broadcast networks, ABC, 7,655,000 people. NBC, 6,885,000 people. CBS, 6,068,000 people. UNI is 1,500,000 people. So total viewers, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m., East Coast time. CNN, 7,737,000 people. ABC, 5,370,000 people. MSNBC, 5,326,000 people. NBC, 4,714,000 people. CBS, 4,133,000 people. FNC, 2,166,000 people. UNI, 1,300,000 people. Newsmax, 428,000 people. Total viewers, prime time. 8.30 to, le- to 10 p.m. These are all East Coast time. CNN, CNN, 6,677,000 people. MSNBC, 4,413,000 people. NBC, 3,863,000 people. ABC, 3,658,000 people. FNC, 3,207,000 people. CBS, 3,044,000 people. International reactions. Biden-Harris' assumption of their respective offices was met with congratulations from many world leaders, including Australian, Belgian, British, Canadian, Danish, Finnish, Greek, Icelandic, Indian, Irish, Israeli, Italian, Japanese, New Zealand, Norwegian, Pakistani, Portuguese, Spanish, and Swedish Prime Ministers, Scott Morrison, Alexander D. Crew, Boris Johnson, Justin Trudeau, met Met Fredrickson, Santa Marin, Karaikos Mitsotakis, Kashrin Jacob Sadotter, Norinda Moody, Mikhail Martin, Benjamin Netanyahu, Giuseppe, Giuseppe Conte, 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 Yosh. Shahid Suga, Jacinda Arden, Arden, Erna Solberg, Imran Khan, 
Antonio Costa, Pedro Sanchez, and Stefan Leofin. Ethiopian, German, French, Mexican, and South Korean presidents. Salwark Zude, Frank Walter Steinmeier, Emmanuel Macron, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, and Moon Jae-in, European Commissioner President Ursula von der Leyen, NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg, Stoltenberg and Pope Francis. Chinese Foreign, Min- Chinese Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Hua Xuanyang said that the Chinese government hopes Biden will restore bilateralism. Iranian President Hassan Rouhani called Trump a tyrant. It's an accurate description. And urged Biden to return to the Iran nuclear agreement, which the tyrant withdrew the United States from, saying Iran will then fully respect their commitments under the pact. Hamas called Trump the biggest source and sponsor of injustice, violence, and extremists in the world. Another accurate description. Calling for Biden to reverse the course of misguided, unjust policies against their people. Solid. So in closing, I am thankful we got rid of the orange illness. I am thankful we got rid of the orange sickness. I am thankful that we got rid of the orange ill health. We got rid of the orange infection, the orange ailment, the orange malady, the orange disorder, the orange complaint, the orange affliction, the orange condition, the orange indisposition, the orange upset, the orange problem, the orange trouble, the orange infirmity, the orange disability, the orange defect, the orange abnormality, the orange pestilence, the orange plague, the orange cancer, the orange canker, the orange blight, the orange bug, the orange virus, the orange allergy, the orange wog, and the orange contagion. We got rid of the orange disease. Holly fucking Luya.